We can't cover all of the bases. Any one of us cannot cover all of the requirements for a healthy church. Makes us dependent on each other. We are interdependent. And it's that interdependency that makes us work together and be the body of Christ and to be the church. And we are back once again looking at the church of God and what it is that comprises the true church. What does it look like? What are its markers, its identifiers? Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today we are back in 1 Corinthians once again as the Apostle Paul lays out for us the true church. Join us, won't you, for a very encouraging look at the body of Christ with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely once again. When the preaching of a church conceals the gospel message of salvation by faith alone from its members, so that the gospel is not clearly proclaimed and has not been proclaimed for some time, the group meeting there is not a church. Now, we've talked about some of the indicators where it identifies a church that's not true. What are some of the indicators that indicate a true church and a healthy church? Well, let me propose to you that a healthy and true church is where you find the great commandment and the great commission active. The great commandment has two parts. Love God. That's worship. Love your neighbor. That's ministry. And the Great Commission has two distinct parts. Go and baptize. That's evangelism. And teach. That's discipleship. And the goal of that is to make disciples. And so in a healthy church, in a true church, you will find worship, and you will find ministry, and you will find evangelism, and you will find teaching. And discipleship. And furthermore, in a healthy church, you're going to find that all of these components are not only present, but they are in some degree of balance. And balance is very important to a healthy church. When any of these areas are out of balance, you can have a church that is not as healthy as it ought to be. To this end, Wayne Grudem writes, a church that emphasizes only worship will end up with inadequate Bible teaching. And its members will remain shallow in their understanding of Scripture and immature in their Christian lives. If it also neglects evangelism, the church will cease to grow and influence others. It will become ingrown and eventually wither. A church that places the edification of believers, that is, teaching as the purpose that takes precedence over others, will tend to produce Christians who know much Bible doctrine. They know their Bible well, but they have spiritual dryness in their lives because they know little of the joy of worshiping God or telling others about Christ. But a church that makes evangelism such a priority that it causes the other two purposes or the other purposes to be neglected will also end up with immature Christians who emphasize growth in numbers but have less and less genuine love for God as expressed in their worship and less and less doctrinal maturity and personal holiness in their lives. So in a healthy church, you're going to find all of these areas active. You're going to find a healthy church is active in worship and in ministry, and in evangelism, and in teaching and discipleship. And though a healthy church doesn't focus in any one of those areas, but has all of those areas, what's true of a healthy church is not necessarily true of a healthy individual. When God makes individuals and believers, He makes them to be part of His church. They are a part of the body, and and all the parts of the body are not the same. And He endues His 
people with areas of gifting and with passion. And, and those people get their greatest satisfaction out of working in their area of gifting and passion. For instance, there are some people, their area of gifting and passion is in evangelism. They love the opportunity to share the gospel message with people who haven't heard it. And that's where their gifting is, and that's where their passion is. And there are other people where their gifting and their passion is in teaching, and, and they love reading the Bible and the other resources that are available so they can understand the treasure that's in God's Word, and, and they want to share that treasure, and they're excited about sharing that treasure when they step into a classroom. And that's their area of passion, and that's their area of gifting. And so even though balance, it makes for a healthy church, balance is not always found in an individual, and I think there's a reason for that. And I think the reason is this. I think that if there was balance in the individual, then any one individual might be self-contained as a church. But the fact that we're not self-contained, that we're not, we can't cover all of the bases, any one of us cannot cover all of the requirements for a healthy church, makes us dependent on each other. We are interdependent. And it's that interdependency that makes us work together and be the body of Christ and to be the church. We really do need each other. That's the way it was designed to be. I've heard somebody say, you know, I want to find a church where everybody's mature. No, you don't. Let me tell you why you don't. Because if everybody's mature, that means there's no new believers. That means there's no evangelism. That means there's a church waiting to die. Okay? It's not a healthy church. And some people say, well, in that case, I want to find a church where everybody's immature. No, 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 you don't. Because the purpose of church should be to encourage us to grow. And if, if people are not growing in the church, there's, then something is wrong. And a healthy church is going to have people that are brand new to their faith in Jesus Christ. And they haven't connected the dots yet. They're still thinking like they were before Christ. They're still acting like they were before Christ. And they haven't connected the dots yet. And connecting the dots is part of the process. And then there's going to be people who are mature. They've had time to connect the dots. They've said, oh, I see now. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that to my attention. This area is not pleasing to you. I want to stop that. With your help, Lord, I want to stop that area. And they've connected the dots. And their thinking is transformed and their actions are transformed because of the power of God's Word and the, and the, and the work of His Holy Spirit. And so in a church, you should have people who are immature in their faith, in a healthy church, immature in their faith, and people that are mature in their faith. And the whole goal is to be maturing and to be bringing people into the church, which is the church of God. Let me read for you the words to one of the great hymns of the church. And, and if we sing it, I know it'll take place. You'll be distracted by the, the song. You'll think about memories associated with the first time you heard it. But rather than sing it, I want you to just listen to the words and, and contemplate the words to the hymn, The Church is One Foundation. It was written by Samuel J. Stone in 1866. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. And with his own blood he bought her. And for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one or all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith. One birth, one holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace and due. 
Though with a scornful wonder men see her sore oppressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up, How long? And soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. The church shall never perish. Her dear Lord to defend, to guide, sustain, and cherish is with her to the end. Though there be those that hate her and false sons in her midst against foe or traitor, she ever will prevail. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore. Till with the vision glorious, her longing eyes are blessed. And the great church, victorious, shall be the church at rest. Yet she on earth hath union with God. The three in one. And mystic, sweet communion with those whose rest is one. Oh, happy ones and holy Lord, give us grace that we, like them, the meek and lowly, on high may dwell with thee. The richness of the theology of this great hymn of the church. You know, in our day and age, it's become very popular to criticize the church and that's true not only outside of the church, but that's also true inside of the church. And people can criticize all kinds of things about the church. They criticize the leaders, the sermons, the music, even the color of the paint and the decor. It's become very popular to criticize the church. But I think that it's important for us, before we let words of criticism escape our lips... To consider this, if Jesus loved the church, so should we. If Jesus served the church, so should we. If Jesus protected the church, so should we. Amen. Lord, we do thank you for loving your church, and we are so thankful that this is your church and that we are part of your church, that you have brought us spiritual life so that we could see our spiritual condition, our desperation, our need for your salvation. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that led us to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that explains so very, very much to us so that we know what we need to know. And, Lord, we are so thankful that you are so patient with us and so faithful to us even when we are not faithful to you. That somehow, even in its imperfect state, the church still somehow brings honor and glory to you. Lord, as we go forth from this place today, we, we desire to bring honor and glory to you.
So, Lord, be with us, guide us, direct us, protect us, and help us to be the lights that you have called us to be, your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, you have been listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we continue our exploration of 1 Corinthians. Today, we have been spending our time looking at the Church of God and what those markers or identifiers are of the true church. If you would like to review the program again, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. You'll find a lot of other past programs there as well. If you'd like to review a few, Again, that's highlands.us. Also information about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, where we meet and when. highlands.us. Until tomorrow, God bless.